The attraction of the Portobello Book Festival is that it's run by local people for local people. But the last two years have been really difficult for all of us, thanks to the pandemic. However, the organisers somehow managed to put together a full programme each time, and when I met up with committee member Joanne Baird, it was clear just how happy she was that the event was now back to normal. I think we're all saying thank goodness. Yes, we were completely online one year, and then last year we were back in the library. But yes, this year we're back to full strength. We're in the library. We've got an event in the Portobello Bookshop. We've got an event at Jameson Gate along at the far end of the, the high street. And there's even a walking tour of Portobello this year. Why? Because there are lots of literary connections in Portobello that people might not know about. And I can't tell you what they are yet because I've not been on the tour, but Jim Gilchrist is going to be leading that and take us around various places in Portobello where I'm told there are some surprising connections. So it's not just Harry Lauder? No, it's not just Harry Lauder. I mean, the, the only one I know about, there's, there's a link to Walter Scott because I've seen a plaque to Walter Scott and Hugh Miller has a link. The, the event in Jameson Gate actually is about uh, Hugh Miller, famous geologist um, who spent his last years in Portobello. Um, so that one's going to be along in Jameson Gate. So I only know about these two people, so I'm quite looking forward to that myself and finding out what other links Portobello has to literary history. And Jim is a very good communicator. He certainly is, yes. I've seen him at uh, a couple of, of events before. He's a, he's a very good friend of the festival. He's been very good at cheering things for us before. So what are the highlights of this year? Well, they're all highlights, of course. <laughs> <laughs> As usual, we've just got a great mix of things, I would say. We've got a good balance between fiction and, and non-fiction. We've got sessions on fashion, on 20th century music, football programmes, Highland Scotland's links to slavery, the politics of Joe Strummer, and you t- touched earlier on about how things are hopefully back to normal this year, but there is a, a couple of events that are linked to the pandemic. There's a photography book where the photographer was depicting, I think it's Glasgow, in fact, throughout the pandemic. And we've got Professor Debbie Sridhar from... Um, no, I think she's from Edinburgh University. She is, yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> her book is called Preventable. It's about how the, the pandemic's obviously changed our world and what we can do to hopefully prevent another one happening, you know, what, what we've learned about it. And she's going to be joined by Dr Gavin Francis, who's who's been in the festival quite a few times, and his book is about convalescence, which I suppose ties in rather nicely with the whole medical aspect. You mentioned football programmes. That's a bit yes. esoteric, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's a bit different, but we, we like to have something that's to, to do with sport, usually, in the festival. And, and this one, the book is by Cliff Haig. It's called Programmes, Programmes, as people used to shout when they were <laughs> selling them. And it's about football and life from wartime to lockdown. So there, we're back to the pandemic again. <laughs> <laughs> OK, let's turn to the fictional side of things. That is usually one of the really enjoyable aspects of getting people to explain the inner workings of their imagination. I have to say I am much more of a fiction reader than a than a non-fiction reader, so this is always the, the part that, that appeals to me in particular. We've got quite a lot of um, fiction this year. The event that's going to be in the bookshop, which is on the, the Thursday night, so starting a little bit earlier than normal, features T.L. Huchu. His book series is called Edinburgh Nights. He's talking about the two books in the series. They're set in a dystopia in Edinburgh and they feature Zimbabwean magic. So that sounds uh, quite interesting. And staying with the bookshop, am I right in thinking they're running a book stall this year? 
Yes, people from Portobello Bookshop are running a, a bookstall actually in the library this year. They've, they've been a great support over the past couple of years and made sure that all the books are available to order uh, from the, the authors and quite often the chairs as well who've been uh, taking part in the festival. But this year, with things a bit more back to normal, we're actually managing to have a bookstall as we have done in, in previous years. So that'll be running in the library over the, the whole weekend. And if I could just mention as well, unfortunately there's not the village show this year where we usually have a, a second-hand bookstall, which is brilliant for fundraising for us, but we might be doing something later on in the year, hopefully in the library, so watch out for news about that. OK, who else? Well, I'm going to be chairing an event which is sort of looking about historical aspects in fiction, and that is going to be featuring Sue Lawrence, who has written a book called The Green Lady, which is about the Seaton family. Uh, in Mary Queen of Scots' time. Just down the road? Yes, just down the road, although it's about the ghosts at Fivey Castle. She is going to be with Mary Paulson Ellis, whose latest novel, Emily Noble's Disgrace, is very much set in Portobello. And it's not completely a historical novel. Neither of them are, actually. But both these writers have, have written books where, which have featured different areas of the past. So we're going to be talking about, you know, why do we find the past quite so interesting? I take it with something like that, they're just taking an idea and developing it in a time as opposed to the exact history. Yeah, I've, I've heard quite a few people talking about their historical fiction recently and when they're based on real people, which Sue Lawrence's book certainly is, Mary Paulson Ellis's isn't, and you know how you have to be respectful of the fact that there were real people and, and try and honour the facts as much as you can, but you know also recognise that you are writing fiction, you're not writing a, a biography. So you do have a bit of leeway and quite often authors will put a note at the end to say, here's the bits I've changed to make it work for my narrative. <laughs> We've got a session on debut novelists with Cara McKinley, whose book is called The Storytellers, and she actually used to work at Portobello Library. It was mm. one of her first jobs. And Elisa Suave, whose book Ginger and Me, it's, that's an excellent debut novel. They are going to be coming talking about you know, what it's like as a, a debut novelist and what has been over the past year or so to, to be coming into the, the market at what's still quite a tricky time for the book industry. OK, take me on to the next section. Right, there's quite a lot of uh, books with very local connections this year, or quite a lot of events with very local connections. I mentioned already there's the, the walking tour of Portobello, Literary Porte walking tour, and the event that's at Jameson Gate, which is about Hugh Miller, who was stonemason a geologist, a fossil hunter. I think he spent quite a bit of time in Cromarty. Yes, there is. But he spent his last years in Portobello. So there's going to be an event about him. And then um, Archie Foley, who of course is, is well known as a local historian, and uh, Peter Ross, who's one of our organising team, they've got another one of their fabulous local history books about to come out. It's called John Brodie's Portobello and a Little Bit More. And it's looking at the archive of colour photographs that John Brodie took in the 1950s and 60s. So that's going to be a bit of an illustrated talk. And then there'll be time for question and discussion with Margaret Monroe and uh, David McLean, who runs the Lost Edinburgh Facebook page. So lots about the, the history of Portobello there. The Porto Food Map, that's actually going to be our last event of the, the weekend. We've got a couple of folk coming in to talk to us about the food map, which features lots of the local businesses and traders, and we're, we're reassured that there might be some nibbles going to be happening at that event too. So <laughs> you'll not just get to hear about all the wonderful food that's made in Portobello, you might actually get to taste some too. 
This year, though, we are primarily, I think, in the library, upstairs and down. Yep, that's right. This year we're, we're pretty much focused on the library. We've got 24 events altogether. So even though we're mostly in the one place, and I have to say thank you again to the wonderful library staff who are absolutely brilliant with us you know, in organising it and putting up with us rearranging the library and taking it over for the, the, the weekend. They're fantastic. But uh, yeah, so there's the, the bookshop event, Jameson Gate, out in Portobello, but most of the time this year we are in the library either up in the, the room upstairs or in the, the main part downstairs. That suggests there's not um, a writing workshop as there has been in the past. Oh, there is a writing workshop, yes. That's still happening. It will be in the library. It's on the Friday morning. It's being run this year by Sasha Sabin Callahan, and it sounds very intriguing. It's called Long Live Dada. Free your mind, free your writing. Now, I don't know about the Dada movement, but I'm told that you're going to be learning groundbreaking techniques developed by artists from the Dada movement. I think it was a movement between the two wars. It's something that I have to admit that I haven't heard of, but I've seen some of the images that uh, Sasha has sent us to, to go with the event, so it, it sounds really interesting. Something a bit different this year, for sure. So by now the programmes are out? Yes, if you haven't already, you'll be able to pick up a programme from the library or the bookshop, and there should be some at various businesses around Portobello as well. And of course it's online. What about tickets? Are they available here? The tickets are going to be available from Monday in the library. So the library's open uh, 10 till 8 on Monday and at 10 o'clock you can come up and queue at the door. <laughs> I'm told there was a, a big queue last year to come and collect tickets for the various events. They, they do have to be picked up in person as, as always, but they are free as always too. And we're limiting them to four tickets per person per event to make sure that people have a reasonable chance to go to as, as many events as they might want to. Because certainly I lost out completely last year because it was just a wee bit too late in going round. Oh dear. <laughs> of course, last year the numbers were smaller, so this year we are back up to our full capacity, so hopefully that won't happen. And we always say to people it's always worth coming along on the day because even if all the tickets have gone there'll always be somebody who doesn't turn up and we've never yet not managed to squeeze somebody in so no promises but if you go to the library and the event you fancy doesn't have any tickets left it's worth coming along on the day just before the event and you might just get in. As Joanne said the programme is now available to collect from the library and other venues around Porty or you can simply look online by following the link in the show notes. Tickets will be available to collect from the library from Monday though you'd better be quick I've been caught out by that in previous years. There will be an extra episode of the podcast on Wednesday, reporting from the first AGM of Porty Central, now that it's a charitable company. It'll be a chance to find out how things are progressing at the town hall and perhaps take stock of how the energy crisis has influenced thinking about the future. Finally, a quick reminder that if you know of an interesting project here in Portobello or of someone helping to make life better for local people, then get in touch, either by social media or by email to the Porty Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.